Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. We are live. <laughs> oh, Ellen Leventhal, you've got Mel. How wonderful to see you. It's great to be here. I love this technology. <laughs> and uh, I have friends in Israel. I need to do this more. Yeah, we can practice our Hebrew. Yeah, shalom. <laughs> shalom, Ellen. Maslovech. Maslovech. Nothing. Fine. Good. <laughs> So um, so let's uh, let's start at the beginning. Are you a spy? No. Okay, but you have two middle names. Okay. Well, it's it's this whole Facebook deal. So I started when I when I joined Facebook. I thought, okay, I'll let my my friends from high school know who I am. So my maiden name, which I hate that term, but was Warwick, W-A-R-A-C-H. So I go by Ellen Warwick Leventhal on Facebook, but um, just me. The only reason there's two double, two names. But you have another middle name. Sue, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, That, so there's a story kind of with that because I'm from New Jersey, but my parents named me Ellen Sue. And they actually named me like that as two names together. Um, It never really took, but, you know, it's just my middle name. So for my Gmail account, which is different from my other account, you know how you have to kind of play around to get names that weren't there. So anyway, yes, and I ended up in Texas and Ellen Sue just works fine. (laughs) (laughs) So like you're skipping a few years here. Start at the beginning. Where in New Jersey? New Jersey? No one says that. Well, maybe I say some people that. do. I New Jersey? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I was born in Trenton, New Jersey, and I lived there until I was about 16. And then we moved to Teaneck, New Jersey, because of my dad's job. Um, and actually, I'm working on a story right now that I had to bring back my feelings of what it was like to move as a teenager. Not good. But um, so I graduated from Teaneck High School, went to college, met some guy the summer after uh, after high school. He happened to be going to grad school pretty close to where I was going to undergrad. So he gave me a ride and after almost 50 years, he's downstairs right now. So, you know. Bring him upstairs to say hello. Uh, he's doing stuff. <laughs> you guys are married home. almost 50 years? We are. We, um, it'll be 50 years in August. So, yeah, we've been, you know, we kind of, I left high school and that was it. So we uh, remind me in August, and we'll have a little party for you. Oh, okay, thanks. We're we're hoping that by August things will settle down enough, and we can at least travel or do something. But you know, who knows? We just everyone needs to be safe and you know do the best they can. We could but anyway, be, then I'm we sorry. Could be in Teaneck, New Jersey, or here in Israel. 
Yeah, yeah. I, last time I was in Israel was in 2005. We'd love to go back. It's, um, yeah. And you didn't, you didn't give me a call. No, I didn't. If I had known you then, I promise you I would have. I do have some what? friends there. When, when did this uh, bug of uh, writing for children start to infect you? You know, um, I always wrote. I was the, even the kid who would, you know, if we were having a little party, I'd write the poems and things. And then especially once I started teaching, I taught for many, many, many years. And um, I sometimes thought the curriculum was a little boring. So I would change it and make it up so the kids would have more um, ownership of it. And also it was more exciting. Um, and then I, I was teaching with my friend, Ellen Rothberg, who were still really close. But we, um, we wrote our first book together because we were always saying, oh, you know, you go to the stores like I could do that. I could do that, but I'm not doing it. And of course, that's even now I have manuscripts that I'm like, I should send it in. Oh, maybe I'll tweak it a little bit more. For me, that's the hardest. How do you know when it's done? You don't. You just, you know, take a leap of faith, believe in your critique partners, believe in yourself. But so Ellen and I actually entered a contest. And, you know, we had been writing together. And lo and behold, we won this contest and it was to get Donate the Blue Bonnets. Um, published, but our publisher was local. We, we didn't even realize the contest was countrywide. The publisher happened to be local. And she basically said, mm, you guys are really good writers, but you don't know how to write picture books, which is a whole other thing. It's hard, as you know, it's not so easy. So we took classes. And anyway, that, that got published. Um, that publisher went out of business, but then another publisher picked it up and we had it totally redone and updated. But it's always, always been there. Um, when I remember taking, it was called Kitty Lit at the time in, in college many, many years ago. And, um, you know, we got to write our own things. Of course, I didn't know anything about the industry or how it was done. Um, but I would do it, but I really didn't start, um, really until I retired several years ago. So you were uh, teaching children of what age? I taught children. I started, um, my teaching career with special ed. So I had kids across the, the spectrum. And, um, I, when I say spectrum, I mean the whole thing, you know, not the autism spectrum. Of course, there were some. And then when I moved to Texas, um, I still taught, I tutored a lot. And then I taught fifth, fifth and sixth grade and then fifth grade for 18 years. And then I worked part-time until just very recently with second through fifth. So yeah. I, I have a theory that, um, I have two theories. First of all, people who write picture books are very nice people. That's my first theory. I and agree, I, the ones we know at least, right? I have not been disappointed. Yeah. And, uh, and, and secondly, we get stuck at a certain age uh, where we have a trauma. So, so writers who write uh, 
middle uh, grade, um, right together with their nine-year-old. Um, people who run, write young adults write with their 14-year-old, and we write with our five-year-old. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that makes sense. What was always fun for me is that when I was teaching, I would show the kids my drafts, and it would be... we. They were really cute, so where they kind of thought, well, I'm helping her. And you know what? They really were. Um, you know, because I had fifth grade, so when I would say, you know, I'm writing picture books, if we're a little bit younger than you, but here, think about your little brother or little sister. Ellen, the, the, you can write what you want, and you're writing, you can write stories for anybody you want, mm -hmm. and you're writing for young children. So... What is what about your young childhood? Are you um, exercising here? Hmm. Um, well, that's a great question, and it's funny because I'm working on I've been working on a picture book for on and off for 15 years because I just can't get it to picture book place, and it's really about my grandfather and me, and he wow. he would have for some reason. They lived across the street from us. First, we lived with them for a while, and then we lived across the street. And he would walk outside, and dogs would come. I mean, it was just amazing. So, you know, my grandmother was feeding, like, all of these dogs. So I've been working on this book called Dog Magic, and I wrote it, I don't know, 15 years ago. But I didn't really understand word count. It was pretty. It's a nice story, but it's not really a picture book. So I started working on it as a chapter book, and it might be that. Um, but I think that it doesn't have to be just your childhood for the, the age that you're writing for. Um, the one I'm working on now, I just started for, I just got it in for my no November draft for 12 by 12. Um, it's about a little girl moving. And I, of course, I didn't move until I was 16, which was much more traumatic. But it was about our perceptions. And I remember this so well. My, my girlfriend stopped talking to me or I would walk up to them in a group and then they were like, so I thought for sure they were talking about me. For sure they're replacing me. And of course they were planning a surprise party. So... I'm lowering that idea. I'm giving this little girl in my book lots of imagination, not just they're not my friends. So, yeah, I think we all call from our childhood or our um, experiences. Um, you know, my new book that's coming out in April. Yes, let's, let's talk about your new book. Yeah. I haven't seen yet. I know, I know. You saw the, um, did you see any of the, yeah. anything? Yeah. So, uh, do you have any pictures to show us? Any? I do. Um, let me see. You know what? I meant to pull them down earlier. Do we have time for me to look at it? Try to get it? You mean in internet stuff? Yeah. I mean, I have it on my desktop. Where's your no ah, on your desktop? Okay, I, I can uh, I can make you a um, a co-host. Okay. Then you have Let to me, give it to me. 
Yeah. All right. So I have to do this first. I'm going to minimize. Yeah, okay. I think. And then I'm going to. You don't have anything made out of paper to show people? Not yet. About? Not yet. But I have. Um, that's going to come soon, I think. Let's see. You can share a screen if you want to. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Okay. So this, I have to get back to you. Ah, share. We'll just do the cover for now, I think. Yeah. Okay. So, because that took a while. So this is, can you see that? The screen yes. share? Okay. So it's called A Flood of Kindness. Um, this was not about my childhood, but it was definitely written from, um, from experience. In, uh, we went through three floods in two and a half years. When I say floods, I mean, look at that picture, floods. Um, the first one, we yeah, were out of... Bring, bring yourself back, because... Uh, what, you can't see me? No, we see, yeah, you're tiny. The book is lovely. Okay, so let's get the book out. Let me stop, sh should I stop share? Yeah, Flood of Kindness. Okay. And what, Hi. When is it, one second, before we talk about the story and the flood, mm -hmm. Uh, tell us where it's coming out. Can we pre-order? It's a major publisher. Yes, it's um, Worthy Kids, which is part of Hachette now. So that's exciting. It is ready for pre-order right now through, um, you know, the biggies, Barnes & Noble, um, Amazon, Bookshop, which is good. Um I'll be telling people on the internet as soon as I know for sure what indie, okay. little indie books. Underneath the uh, video, you'll be able to share the uh, the link. And, okay. uh, and uh, of course, I will do my best uh, to uh, tell people about it. Um, and uh, now here's your opportunity. So uh, three floods within a very short period of time. Yes, okay. Um, Anyway, uh, so we were out of town for the first one, and we come back, and pretty much everything was lost. Um, and I just remember thinking from Mr. Rogers, look for the helpers. And I, I, it was unbelievable. You'd walk outside, everybody, I mean, the community was just incredible with helping each other. Um, what was difficult for me was being on the side that needed help. I think, you know, we're also used to helping other people. And I had a really hard time with that um, until someone said, it's the right thing to do to let people help you. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, anyway, so we, we uh, fixed up the house. That was May, 2015. April 2016, we flooded again. And we had never flooded. And this time it wasn't that bad. The house, the house that you're in right now? No, <laughs> the house that we had to knock down eventually. Because this one, I, I didn't want to say anything, but this looks like a, a beautiful house. Thank you. And it's high off the ground now. Um, yeah, like we didn't have much of a choice. And then um, you probably heard of Hurricane Harvey in uh, 2017. So it was boom, boom, boom. Um, we had no choice. We couldn't sell the lot. We couldn't do anything. But 
you know, talking about our anniversary, the first day we could get back into our house was our anniversary when we picked up our wedding album and it was gone. But the whole time I kept thinking, I mean, it sounds hokey, but there are always, always, always people worse off than you. And what helped me heal was having the ability to help other people. Um, and I was teaching at the time, part-time, and a lot of my kids had gone through the same thing. So I talked and I spoke to a lot of kids, some who had been in shelters, and some who were lucky like us, we were able to go to my son's house. And eventually they did not want to talk about it right away. It happened in August. And by the time we were able to go back to school, it's like, no, we're Harveyed out. Um, and we talked about how they could feel better. And through the year, I found out they also felt that when they were able to do things, like even for their siblings, one said, oh, I gave, you know, my, my teddy bear survived and I gave it to my little sister. And I was like, wow, oh, it's a story. And that's what it is. It's a story of um, validating this kid's anger and concern and you know, really the why me situation and how the my, my narrative arc is how she kind of goes through these feelings. And um, at the end, I, I I'll tell you, the first line is the night the river jumped its banks, everything changed. The last line is, and for the first time since the river jumped its banks, Charlotte smiled. So based on reality, based on interviews. And, um, you know, I think we've all learned that, you know, again, it does sound hokey, but I, I truly believe it is, that acts of kindness help both people. You know, it's how you can take a horrible situation and maybe not turn it around, but make it bearable and to listen to people. I mean, the kid in my book, um, I, and, you know, I think she felt not not listened to in the beginning. No, but, you so, know, the, the, the girl is also you, Ellen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I um, it's it's a sense of hope of hopelessness, but more helplessness. Like, what can I do? Because there was a point that I couldn't help anyone. I had to deal with. The fact that I had no house, I had, I mean, it's when you see the water come up, it's just unbelievable. But again, on our second flood, um, my neighbor had raised their house already. So we went over there and I was watching TV and there were people who were walking with mattresses on their backs, carrying it out, trying to salvage as much as they could. And my God, I wasn't going to use my mattress anymore. You know, my mattress flooded. Theirs did too. And it's just like, uh, you know, you got to believe. I, I knew, yeah, it was terrible. I'm not going to say it was fun. It was terrible. But I had a place to go. I had some insurance. I had, I didn't have to care. I didn't have to carry my mattress on my back. And that's where you realize, you know, you can always be helping other people. And the, and the first line of your book uh, is incredible. That verb, the river jumped 
It's banned. Yeah. Jumped its banks. Thank you. It was, and I had to make it more, um, <laughs> excuse me, uh, more global. Ours was actually a bio. <laughs> Growing up in New Jersey, I never thought I'd live near a bio, but I do. And um, yeah. Anyway. Incredible. And so, and, um, so, and uh, this was sold by your agent? Mm-hmm. How did you find an agent? Ah, uh, well, right now she's not my agent anymore because she does, um, she was project by project. This was great. I um, entered Picture Book Party. It's mm -hmm. uh, Michelle, Michelle Hawk, Hawk, say her name, I'm sorry, Michelle, and Mindy Elise Weiss. And um, I thought, I'm just going to give it a try. And a few agents liked it. Mary Cummings picked it up and sold it within six months. Now, Mary is a project-by-project project agent. She was fabulous. She's wonderful to work with. Um, you know, if I ever have another book that I think she'll like, I'll definitely sub to her again. So, so uh, yeah, it's. I would definitely recommend doing all these contests. Um, in fact, I'm going to be on a panel in the beginning of December for an SCBWI in um, Utah, Southern Idaho. And um, my little group thing is I'm talking about non-traditional ways to get your work seen by the gatekeepers. And contests won. It's scary. It took me so much to enter that. And I was oh, no one's going to like this. You know, I, I, I mean, imposter syndrome is real. I mean, I have, you know. Oh, I mean, a lot of these are revisions, but not sure they're ready yet. Uh, these are all your manuscripts in waiting. Yeah, I like that. I have a lot of them. Do you? Oh, yes. But um, I'm, um, I'm not there yet. I don't have an agent yet. Uh, I don't either now because Mary was just... I, 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 I think that I would love to swap and... Swap a manuscript. We talked about this for several years, but we never did it. We did. I did one of yours with a, that a door or something. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, yeah, it was. I remember did, that. We did one. Um, I would like to see the grandfather one, and I'll send you my grandfather one. Okay, that sounds good. It, you can see the one that's not ready for a prime time and at show, all. And I'll show you mine that isn't ready. You know, the sad thing about picture books is the one that I wrote before, I think was ready. It was just too long for today's market. You know, um, it had a lot. I think what happens sometimes is when we revise for word count specifically, I know I have revised the heart out of my manuscripts. Uh, it's it's hard, but we'll do it for sure. We'll swap. First of all, first of all, um, one of the reasons that I was so happy to meet you is because you've done the incredible. Um, you know, the people who are agented and who have books coming out with traditional publishers are um, one in one thousand, maybe one in ten thousand people who write picture book manuscripts. So um, I don't. I, I think it's maybe hard for you 
being the kind, generous person you are, to accept this, but you are one in mm-hmm. one or 10,000 writers. Well, so, and, and one of the great, <laughs> great things is people come on the show and they, they're full of um, um, generosity to explain how this happened. So yeah, you, say, I... you say contests, abandoning your uh, imposter syndrome, putting it to the side. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that that's really hard, especially um, with, like I said, my agent, Mary, was, I, I cannot tell you how great she was to work with. She was an, she's, she is an editorial agent. She's sent to a lot of places. And even now, when I meet with the marketing team, she's she's there. But she didn't connect with her, not like that word. I'm sorry, I didn't connect with it. She didn't connect with a few of my other manuscripts. So I'm looking, but um, from an age it is now, and it's, it's hard, you know, you get the, we all know about rejection and, um, you know, not taking it personally. Yeah, uh, how can you, you know, okay, so I was a scientist, you know, as a, a scientist rejects your, your scientific manuscript. That hurts, Ellen. But it's not your kishkas. You know, when, when, you, when you send in um, a book that you've been writing and dreaming about and you worked with it and you revised it a zillion times, yeah. when you get rejected, it has to hurt. How can it not, how can it not hurt? Right. You know, uh, yeah, you know, but I think we need to, if we do it enough, we realize that it is part of the process I'm, um, you know, I sent out a lot last week. I told my husband, I said, I hope you have the wine ready because, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a wine and chocolate night a few times. Um, yes, I would love to have a career agent. And I'm looking, but honestly, um, not to dwell Listen, Mary, on my Mary is one of the best. Who? She rejected me a few, Mary Cummings. She uh Oh, yeah. She rejected me a few weeks ago. Oh. Um, you've done incredibly well. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure now when people, when people see this book out, then, you know, it'll be easier for you. I, I think, you know, um, it's, it's, it's funny because I think a lot of it, you know, you're talking about your childhood and as I mean, I had a great childhood. My parents were wonderful, thought I was wonderful, blah, blah, blah. But honestly, I think it's not to harp on my age, but I'm old. But I think especially women. How could you not be old? I am. <laughs> so we won't talk about that. But um, I'm, I'm old, Ellen. You're not old. I know. I, I think I'm old. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Um but I think especially women growing up of my generation are we're, we're, we're kind of told always, you know, don't blow your own horn, don't touch your own horn, da da da. And you know, I'm, and it's hard to believe now, but I was always very shy and I was like, oh, it's not good enough. And it's it's really so many of my friends and we all have that you know 
imposter syndrome or um, why me? I can't do that. But um, or, you know, this was from a small press or this was from a, this one or they only took it because they had. An, it, yeah, we, we need to stop that. We do. Well, with, with this book coming out, uh, you definitely need to stop that. Yeah, I will. And I'm, I'm proud of these two books, too. Absolutely. I, I'm, they're fun. This one is funny because... The Bonnet's one I know. Uh, the Lola Can't Leap, I don't know. What, what is that one about? Oh, it's Lola Can't Leap. Um, <laughs> okay, this is about a little lamb here. I'm going to read the first one. My illustrator was... Wonderful. This is for a little bit younger kids and starts. Lola came from a long line of leapers. She longed to leap too, but she had to wait and wait until finally she was just the right age. And what it's about is she has to, um, she has to learn to leap the fence. It's the family business. And it's leaping to get the babies to sleep, you know, counting sheep. And, of course, there's, like, singing in it, which I do at school visits. I'm not doing here. The Internet is forever. Okay. Um, but no, no, no. Hey, one second. I insist. Hmm? I insist. You're on my show. I put on my nicest New York shirt. Oh, okay. And I have my old Texas shirt. Okay. No, so no, I'm going to just. Helen, you have to sing for us. I will, I will, but it has to go. <laughs> okay, so it's like, let's try hopping the fence, Lola, said the leader of the flock. Remember, leaping sheep help babies sleep. No problem, I can do this. Hmm. <laughs> Baba lammies, once I learn to leap, babies will fall fast asleep. Lola tapped her toes, left her fleece, and leaped. Now, of course... She doesn't make it over the fence. She doesn't make it over the fence. Most books would have at the end, after she tried all those times, that she makes it over the fence. She does not make it over the fence. You know, she just keeps falling, no matter what she does. But she's a singer. So at this point, at the end, she finds that some of the, she hears something, and the babies are, awake and so she sings she sings again baba baby you're not counting sheep maybe i can help you sleep baba baby of course at schools i sing it much slower hush now baby time to close your eyes stars are shining in the skies and the last few lines is okay she only hears crickets chirping she glanced at the fence but she didn't try to jump she tapped her toes, fluffed her fleece, and smiled. Lola never did get to the other side of the fence, but her songs did. Whoops. Wow. And that's all that mattered. So my illustrator, the whole time I was writing it, I was thinking it was humans she was trying to get to sleep. But my illustrator drew these precious little lambs. Um, so she's singing through the whole thing. and. What I tell the kids, but this was from real life. There is a commercial. It's a mattress commercial and the sheep are jumping the fence. And one night I said to my husband, it's a good 
saying I'm not a sheep is I am super, super clumsy. And I would never get over the fence. And I thought, hmm, the sheep didn't. So when I talk to kids about it, I think, you know, we have to let kids know that they can do what they set their mind out to do. But really, we all have our own gifts. I will never be a gymnast. I also spoke to a mom of a child who's in a wheelchair. And she said that she really appreciated that Lola couldn't do what everybody else could do, but she had her own gift. And um, I had an editor tell me, oh, no, she has to get over the fence. And usually if an editor tells me something, I'm like, okay, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, whatever. But I wanted kids to know it was okay if they can't do everything that their friends are doing, but they can do their own things. So when, back when I could go into schools, you know, the kids would all tell me what they could do, that they were special at. And, you know. Ellen, that's awesome. an incredible story. Oh, thanks. It's... And, and, uh, and, and who published that book? Um, this was Claire Fork, Spork. And both of, both of these books were, both of them. And... Um, yeah, you know, what can I say? We got to keep trying. Like okay, you. So I mean, yeah, but I mean, you have now several feathers in your cap, uh, including a um, a book that's coming out with a wonderful agent and a wonderful publishing house. Yeah, I'm excited. I think great it's... illustrations based on the few I've seen. And, yeah. Uh, and sometimes, you know, you have to look in the mirror and smile and oh, say i'm always smiling when i think of them yeah and say hey i've done something that you know very very few people including me yeah. have done See, well for me for me you're incredible oh thank you um you know what's amazing when i think of what i so i first started trying to write for kids really really a long time ago and it was you know but it was smattering, you know, it was doing between raising my kids and teaching full time. And I always loved to write, and, you know, back in the day when you put it in the mail and, you know, the self, it was a mess. But um, once Facebook came and I don't even remember how I got involved in the kid lit community. I have lots of issues with Facebook in general. But the idea that it brings us all together and everyone is so supportive, it's, um, it's amazing. I mean, people that I've never met in person, I consider friends like you. And that I, it's just, I had no idea before I did this. And I have a friend who wants to write and said, you, you've got to get involved. It's just... You know, so when you get your rejections, you know, other people are getting rejections, too. When you get your exciting things, people are there for you. It's to me, it's amazing. And um, I mean, don't you think it's crazy? I don't think I would be doing it otherwise. Right. Yeah. It's a kind of an addiction. I call it itching and scratching. Yeah. You know, in the morning, I'm, I'm ready to give up and then I start writing and. uh mm -hmm. You know, your confidence 
comes back to you during the day? There are days, though, that I feel like I'm working full time and I haven't really written anything because it's um, doing critiques for other people, which I love. And I know it comes back tenfold. Um, working on marketing. Uh, and then it's like, I got to find time to write. And then when you sit down and you do get in the zone, there's nothing better. <laughs> and then you bring it to your critique group. Like, ah, what was I thinking? <laughs> I, so um, one of the things that I'm not doing that I should be is, is uh, working with a critique group. Yeah. Like, that is another piece of advice, uh, finding a critique group um, at your own level, more or less, people that you like working with. Um, for whatever reason, that did not happen to me. Um, but I'm really glad that you have uh, good partners for critique. Yeah, I have a local group, and then I have... Um, I have an online group and, um, you know, there's lots of online groups now looking for people. So, you know, and, and the ones that are online, as far as like what we do is we post our, our stories in a private Facebook page. So something like that, you don't need to worry about the time. We have somebody from Germany in it. So... Okay, so I will I will apply. Um, so we always end up our conversations, and this has been wonderful with the Beatles. The Beatles. You like the Beatles? Love the. Okay, again, I'm a woman of a certain age who grew up in the United States. I love the Beatles. <laughs> okay, do you have a do you have a favorite Beatles song? Oh, there's so many. No, not really. I love most of them. Well, let's say you had to pick one right now. Um, well, considering what we've been talking about, I got a little help from my friends. You know, okay. that one. And, I like uh, that so, one. Uh, you What's know, the name it, of it? It's, uh, what, could, what, uh, what would you do if I sang out of tune? Oh, yeah. With a what little help from my friends. Yeah, one or is that when I'm 64? Well, that's another one. What, what would you do if I sang out of tune? And um, I want to, there is a very important uh, lesson here. It's the imposter syndrome all over again. It's your, it's your beautiful story. About <laughs> singing to the, the sheep going to sleep rather than jumping over the fence. Like yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, this has been wonderful. I, I've been dying to meet you and I'm so happy that this uh, finally happened. Um, oh, and I hope you. you won't be angry with me for asking you to sing a little bit of that song. I uh, will you sing it with me? Yes. Okay. Do we remember how it? It doesn't matter. Is... What would you, you do, do, do if I sang out a tune? Would you something stand and up, stand up and walk out on me? Would you? I forget the words. Let me. Well, I get by with little help from my friends. <laughs> That's how it would end. <laughs> well, listen, this has been incredible. Is there anything that I haven't asked you? No, I just, no, thanks for listening to me ramble. And it's been great to see you. It's incredible <laughs> meeting people like you um, who, um, who are on the way. You know, it's, it's the journey.
It really is. It's the journey. It's the people getting a little help from our friends, even though you put me on the spot and I can't remember the words. But but, but you see, you in, when I was speaking, who was I speaking to? Ju Julie Headland. Yeah. A, about three weeks ago. Yeah, I saw it. And she said that we always have this thing that we're here, but we want to be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the way to look at life is that we, we're already there. You know, I think I, I think a lot of people are, I mean, I'm feeling more like that. And when I say there, I'm not just talking about the writing journey. And I think what's been going on in the world has really made people look a little bit more inward. And um, look, I had, um, I was able to have my kids and grandkids over yesterday, but in the backyard, not close, no hugs, no kisses, but there. And then I was able to go in and work on some things. And I, uh, yeah, you know, I think you're right. I think we have to look at it day by day. And, um, but it's, but it's hard. I didn't say it was easy. Oh, not easy. It ain't easy. So listen, nope. Ellen Leventhal, this has been remarkable. Uh, I'm going to let you. you get back to uh, to Thanksgiving. Uh, have a wonderful holiday, you and your family. Thank you. And uh, Thank you. I hope that we continue uh, now that we know each other. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, hope to be in touch. You know, like the kids always say, you know, I'll text you, I'll email you. <laughs> anyway, shalom, and shalom. I mean that in all and, ways. And toda uh, and. Uh, and Chag Thanksgiving Sameach. Chag <laughs> Thanksgiving. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay.